Not one, not two, but mind us. Let's revisit the past. New terrors in Godzilla Minus One. King has returned. <laughs> Indeed, the king has returned, Alex. Who needs Oppenheimer? That's right. I, I mean, you know, if I had to pick between the two, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick this one. I, as much as I love Oppenheimer, I'm, I'm gonna go with this. What one, World War? What World War Two movie is the World War Two movie of the year? Godzilla mm. minus one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think the. Uh, I think it's, the, I think it's gonna win the Oscar. That you really, really care about. Well, I think even Christopher Nolan would agree. Yeah, Christopher Nolan agrees. Godzilla Minus One is the World War II movie of the year. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's official. Oh, man. I mean, it does. Yeah. I mean, it's official. I I read it online. It has to be true. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, you know, uh, I... uh, when we were talking about the movie coming out, you know, I mm-hmm. said like uh, I didn't believe that people in Japan were, uh, or sorry, reviewing outlets in Japan were very critical, uh, yeah. just yeah. in general of Japanese media a lot of times, uh-huh. and that I didn't know if that was the case this time or if it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Well, well, I think we'll have a lot to say. Yeah, we have like, a lot to say in our, in, our NBM, foolish. in our NVM conversation. We were like, oh man, these. These reactions are <laughs> uh, over over sensationalized. They're yeah, hyperbolic. they're ridiculous. There's no way. <laughs> there's, there's no, no way. way. There's no way somebody cried at this movie. There's <laughs> there's no way that this is the best Godzilla movie ever. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. That's welcome ridiculous. back <laughs> to the Monsters versus Men podcast, the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airways, where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected, chatting about monster movies. Let's get into minus one, Alex. Let's do it. As the first Toho Godzilla film since Shin Godzilla, Godzilla minus one came in with high expectations. Would it lean into a more Shin Godzilla direction, reinventing the monster for a whole new era? Or would it lean into its past, repurposing characters and weapons a la King of the Monsters in the Monsterverse? I'll tell you my thoughts in a second, Alex. Hmm. What do you think? Does minus one reinvent the monster or repurpose the past? So I don't believe minus one really reinvents much of anything. Um, I say that because it pulls so many elements from the past. Uh, and all these elements from the franchise that it pulls, it manages to perfect in a lot of ways. I, I, I think almost every element that's present in some of the previous Godzilla films, makes its way in here in a lot of different ways. Now, that being said, even though this film is um, comprised of all these different elements and some minor details in the story are changed. For to get, for example, you know, you kind of get that um, that character from uh, Megaguirus who. Mm-hmm. Her her squad dies, right? She's got a little bit of that survivor's oh, guilt. Yeah. She's got a little bit of a, a revenge tinge to it. Did you um, just have a Mega Gearus reference in her mind? Of course, one of course. One of the more <laughs> underrated Godzilla movies. Um, that being said, 
Um, you have a character that is a, very much like that, but it's heightened to a, a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is kind of the core of how a lot of this movie is built. It's a lot of these elements from other movies uh, and the, the franchise as a whole. And it's just really impressively put together. Because I, I know it sounds a little generic when I say this is elements of other things put together. But I am very high on this movie. But I, I think the the elements that... um This thing has elements that aren't present in the other films. Um, and I... What I... I'm struggling. I'm struggling here to to, to like <laughs> find my footing, but I I think this while this is the culmination of all the Godzilla films, I feel like I I can't say that it is a reinvention, but that's not a bad thing. This is not a reinvention, but a perfection of what's Ooh. come before. Ooh. There you go. You found it. You found it. <laughs> there we go. Now, Alex, I'm, excuse me for a second while I while I gather my thoughts after you referencing Mega Gears. There, there are a lot of films that I could think of when thinking about Godzilla minus one, and lots of films I could pull from. But Mega Gears was not the first. <laughs> it's not an obvious one, but again, it, it when you ask, does it reinvent? I say no. It no. takes. Any every single element of this almost is taken from another movie and just uh, altered in a way that is important and impactful. Yeah, indeed. Well, our executive producer, John Freeman, the one and only, used the word ascendant to describe it. Mm. And and I see what he means. What what he meant is that Godzilla minus one built upon Godzilla's past while reinvigorating it for the present. I see this played out in multiple ways in the film, including its characters, its themes, and its tropes. You've got our main character here, Alex, mm-hmm. um, with this kamikaze theme who plays out a whole lot like Sarazawa, right? Um, and that Sarazawa at the end of Godzilla 54, the film that I think most people would probably reference, not Mega Gears, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly. We're making this comparison. The original Godzilla, uh, you know, the one that shares the most similarities. <laughs> the, I, I would say the film overall, yes, but in terms of the main character, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm just, now I'm just Shikishima. <laughs> Shikishima in particular, yeah, I, I think has a more a parallel with at least the beginning of that story. Well, uh, it, it makes me think of Sarazawa's sacrifice at the end of Godzilla which was a kamikaze-style sacrifice, um, right, in Mm -hmm. order to destroy the monster. And the movie sets us up for another kamikaze sacrifice that is going to happen at the end of this, except it subverts that, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. It subverts it completely. You've also got basic things in this film, like the island origins of Godzilla. with that grand, amazing opening scene, which was probably the most terrifying to me. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, on top of that, though, I will say this. I don't 
mind the fact we don't get too many scientific details about Godzilla, right? Uh, this it doesn't try to explain Godzilla in this movie, and I like that. Like we don't need an explanation about Godzilla uh, himself in this film. We've got the train scene, which of course is reminiscent. You know, we've mm-hmm. got the music, which is both new but but uses the best parts um, of our original themes in unique ways uh, with heightened effect. And then I really like when the doc. Uh, is is about to show us the plan and he's got something underneath that um curtain you know or the little uh, oh yeah like, towel. and you're like oh my gosh he's about to reveal the oxygen destroyer but right. this is the film playing with us you know <laughs> uh, and i love that little subversion of our expectations there yeah and that's what's really cool about the film there, there's there's a lot of that um in a really good way, not like the Last Jedi, where it's subverting expectations just for oh the sake gosh. of it. This, and you brought in a Last this, Jedi reference. I know. I know. Oh, no, this, this film subverts expectations because it it's important. It, it, it's establishing its own identity while keeping true to the past, um, and it's also poking and nudging a little fun along the way. Not that this is a very fun movie, I would say, in a lot of ways. It does have a few pieces of comedy here and there that, that land pretty well. Um, but for the most part, it's uh, this is a dark one. <laughs> and there's there's a lot of elements here that's really impressive uh, about about the film is all these elements come together. Every character has an impact on the story. Like, I don't feel like a single person goes to waste here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Their unified involvement in Shikishima's story and their interactions with each other really just sucks the audience into the story, and it really does not let go. Because as soon as we might have a moment of reprieve, something horrible. <laughs> you know, Shikishima, he's finally on the rebound from this years-long depression. Um and it just gets worse <laughs> once he does. I, I love that because the characters are so well defined, even if they're for just a few moments, it just makes everything feel like it matters. The devastation is really kind of on another level. It's it, it's very reminiscent of Shin Godzilla yep. in terms of the devastation, but I would say it might be it's definitely higher. It's more personal. Uh, even. <laughs> it is more personal. It's more personal. Um, and it results in a very shocking moment in the film uh, with Noriko and what, mm. what happens with, um, you know, when she, uh, when the first blast that we really get to see happens. It's impressive. You know, it has that whole implosion effect mm-hmm. as well. Uh, that is just so cool. But because we care about these these characters and the, that that raises the stakes, which means everything matters, which means every antagonistic and loving relationship and friendship like that sends our character down his path into him realizing, you know, life is worth living. Mm-hmm. Uh, it matters. And I think what I really like is that, that and what's so impressive to me is the execution of the themes in the movie, especially with Godzilla. Uh, there's a lot of them here. There's a lot you could pick and choose, but I think my favorite yep. is Godzilla being this like specter of failure and grief for um, 
for Koichi at, or Shikishima that continuously. Yeah. yeah, it is. But I think they call him Shikishima throughout the movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, that continuously just haunts him. Um, you know, I think it's a really impressive manifestation of grief and guilt that what since it's untreated, it just continually mm-hmm. rips everything in his life away from him. But yeah. it's only once he realizes that, you know, that he wants to live, does everything in his life return kind of back to normal almost immediately in a lot of ways. But what's kind of cool about that is the damage still lingers in some ways, both big and small. We see that with um, that growing black thing on Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that with the return of a monster we thought was death. <laughs> Um, or impending return, right? There's there's this this sense, this appropriate sense of you didn't get away um, clean, right? Mm-hmm. There's lingering damage that's going to be there for a very long time, uh, which is very realistic of yeah. uh, you know grief and guilt that you affect on other people. I, I find this effect of the film, this aspect of the film, like really impressive for me. Like, there's no grandstanding here. Um, this is a really a film about, you know, the human condition and something that is going to be completely timeless. Mm. Yeah, I wrote on my Letterboxd mini-review, uh, kind of previewing this episode, Alex, when I walked out of the theater, the guy, the stranger next to me, said, greatest Godzilla movie ever. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to go there yet, but I will say this. I think... This has the, of the Godzilla franchise, this has the most human story, the most terrifying villain. Mm. Uh, On the human side, this film has a layered human story that is really a slow character build um, that mostly gets it right. I'm a bit surprised I haven't seen more criticisms about the film having a lack of Godzilla, right? Mm. In favor for just the human element of the story. But I think it's a good thing. Uh, my only Godzilla cri- criticism is that the trailers gave us a lot of really awesome parts um, that would have been just huge surprises and amazing moments if they hadn't been given away in the trailer. Oh, really? But that's the trailers. Yeah, I mean, like the the little chase scene is pretty terrifying. Wait, uh, the chase scene? Oh, oh, On oh. the boat. On the yeah. boat. Yeah, right? Uh, that is terrifying, but like I kind of I knew it was coming, um, just because of seeing it online, you know, uh, which is which is a shame, uh, but that's all right. And as far as the design is concerned, this Godzilla is intense. He has the element of being a force of nature and how it has that territory, but it's much more anthropomorphic than the Godzilla we see in Shin Godzilla, which really has no personality whatsoever. This Godzilla, on the contrary, it seems to have a vendetta almost Mm -hmm. uh, against Koichi. Um, He wants to make Koichi's life as miserable as possible, it feels like. And and just thinking about that human element for a second, Alex, were there any emotional elements for you? We both scoffed at the idea that it would make us cry. But our friend David said he actually did cry. So maybe those reactions weren't as hyperbolic as we might have thought they were. Uh, what about you, man? Did you ever get emotional in this one? Um, I, I think it's definitely an emotional movie. Now, I was never choking back tears or really anything remotely close to that. But that being said, I did, 
I, what would you say? It's <laughs> a so, tough guy over there. Tough guy. Yeah, no, so I, I wasn't feeling any sort of way about like that. But um, I would say that I, it was emotional in the way that the dread that it creates with Godzilla and the plan and who's going to survive and who's not. Because um, you really are wondering during that final moment, um, who's going to make it out alive? And to, to my surprise, I mean, the plan goes just like Doc says it is. You know, mm-hmm. he, he he doesn't guarantee that it's going to be perfect, but yeah. the goal is for perfection, right? They're, 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 I, I love that moment where he's talking about Japan uh, didn't value life, right? That's why you have them. That's why they threw so many lives away during the war. They didn't even try to preserve any of their own lives. Uh, and it's time to fight for that. Um, which I really, really like that sentiment. Like that's a really, it's a cool thing to see in a, <laughs> in a movie, right? Like that's just World War Two is so complex, and they're the Japanese side of things is. It's a pretty dark uh, time for them. So to see to see that that conversion right from the death to life is really cool. Um, but speaking of the dread that Godzilla creates, because he is mm-hmm. so destructive, I love this interpretation. Like you're saying, saying like we we've seen a quick healing Godzilla before, but maybe not quite to this level, right? This is instantaneous healing. Uh, I love that the scars stay on his body after he heals too. Um, that that first scar that uh, Shikishima caused with the mine, it stays there the entire film, which is really cool. Um, it just feels unstoppable when you witness it healing that first time because it looks like how can you come back from that? Mm-hmm. And right, to do right. so instantly is crazy. And you know, being back set up, and one of our one of my concerns was being set back in this time period. I'm like, how are oh, you yeah. really going to handle this, right? Yeah. Um, I, I can't imagine a better way to handle. No. To handle <laughs> it was that. awesome. I was going to say that because I remember you had talked about mm-hmm. that. I mean, when you talk about Godzilla, and you think about the origins of Godzilla, this is like a perfect way to kind of start this thing up. You know, if you mm. do decide to do sequels to this movie is why not set it in this past in this time period um back to where you know we kind of first saw godzilla in godzilla 54 it's much more reminiscent of that and you have the technology and and the power to do it yes i think it's a great choice and it definitely worked yeah and adding the quick healing factor to something like this it makes it even more unstoppable for Mm -hmm. this time frame right you don't have the weapons to take to to compensate to overpower its healing. It doesn't feel like right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that's a really cool addition to this to this Godzilla. And I know you said this one feels like a force of nature to you. For me, I think this one just feels evil to me. Yes, he's mm-hmm. got the territory, um, but it's it's interesting because much like. Shin Godzilla and GMK Godzilla did. I feel that same kind of level of evil to it. It it, it feels like everything it does is without purpose except mm. to torment. I mean, it doesn't even eat a single person on Odo mm-hmm. Island when it mm-hmm. does the attack. It just kills them. 
and yeah. has no interest in eating. Eating this yeah. is before he's absorbing radiation and all that. Now he may have been right. It's clearly he may have had this ability for a while, but he just kills the kill. There, there, there's no consumption of food. There's no, we don't see anything like that with this one. Whereas other Godzilla's, we've seen them go to reactors and absorb the radiation, right? This one just goes to destroy and then leaves. Um, and I really like that about it. I, mm. If I if I had any complaints about the film, it, it would probably would be directed a little bit towards Godzilla. Just in that there are a few small handful of times where I think the CGI looks a little off. But really, it, it's nitpicking uh, at this point. I, that's just me looking for something to complain about. So I don't just rant about how great it is all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah i mean i don't well <laughs> yeah i mean my the one thing that i was thinking of alex in that odo island scene was a godzilla versus king Ghidorah reference you know oh yeah godzillasaurus it's like that's directly from godzilla versus king Ghidorah. so we've got two heisei references here <laughs> yeah, yeah in this episode which Check that off your bingo card. Doubt you had it. Yeah, it was disappointing. <laughs> there was no Final Wars reference. Oh man, yeah, hey, that'll be in the sequel. That'll I, be. In the I sequel. do appreciate the final scene as reminiscent of GMK. So you did get oh, a Millennium reference right there. Yeah, there, there you go. Very, very uh, reminiscent of that scene. Um, it almost felt added on. By the way, that little that little coda scene. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, I understand why why it was there, but I had a couple of very minor gripes alex and then I'll, I'll go back into the last thing that i want to talk about which is a uh, a thing that i love but so i think the the acting is great in this movie it really is i think it it teeters on the melodramatic on the second time when koichi brings up the fact that he is a dead man walking which is right after he kind of shares his soul. Um, and you're like, okay, we can end the scene right there. But then he gets into that dead man walking thing again, which he'd already mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And because he already mentioned it before, it just starts to feel kind of on the nose. And I'm like, oh, that's just yeah. became a little bit cringy right there. Because I agree. like all you needed to do right there was tell Noriko like kind of reveal your past to her and open up and be vulnerable. But then it just goes a little too far because we've already seen it before. That's yeah. it. That's it. It's like, it, it, we just need it one time. Otherwise we, it's just too on the nose. Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> I agree. Again, I, agree. Small, I agree. This is I agree a with small you. little piece. The other thing that the child crying, something is off of that child crying because it's like a toddler. It's like a three-year-old, right? Yeah. But the cry, when it starts to cry, sounds like a newborn baby cry. Mm -hmm. um, that's just a parrot complaint. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. Well, well, Eric, that that's how that's how young children cried back in World War Two. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Think times go. have changed. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> times have changed. <laughs> it was just realistic. It was just realistic. I I think that. Uh, Again, these are just such small complaints, but they're things that I could anticipate other people complaining about, and I would sympathize with them. Noriko's involvement in the destruction scene feels a bit too coincidental, right? 
the fact that she's in the train mm. when it gets attacked. And then she somehow, like, really relatively quickly gets out of the water and finds herself on the path of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And then Koichi manages to get there and find her. Yeah. That in was time to, convenient. It was like, that was very convenient. Oh, that was convenient. It was, it was good. I mean, it was cool because we want our main characters involved. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But it was very, it was just all convenient. I was like, oh, that was, and it came right after sort of the melodramatic part. And so I was like, oh man, all that together in that moment just felt a little bit contrived. But that said, again, small thing. Uh, and then lastly, I, I think it was a bit too obvious that uh, there was going to be an ejection seat in that plane. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, it was definitely obvious. It was, it was a bit too obvious there, but I was glad that that we did not need another sacrifice in this movie because I tell you what, I loved the climax and the conclusion of this thing. Mm-hmm. You mean you get the music going into that? You get the emotion going into that. Um, everything about it. I'll tell you, to go back to the emotional moments, Alex, my most emotional moment is that climactic scene whenever we get a flashback to Tachibana, who <laughs> hates Koichi. Yes. Right? Hates him. And you see, though, that Tachibana has changed. Yes. Right? He is a changed man over the course of these years. He knows that Koichi is ready to make this sacrifice, but he tells him, you need to live, right? Uh, he's a changed person as well. Like, this entire generation of people changed. Um, and that was my most emotional moment, was when you, you see this fact that, like, wow, like, kind of grief uh, and time. And there's, there's a lot of cool themes in this film. Um, destiny and fate and what can come out of grief. It, it's really interesting. There's a lot to say there, but um, that was my most emotional moment mm. when it kind of all starts to happen. You get that slow motion shot and then you see the plane coming in and it just all comes together perfectly at the end for Godzilla's final destructive moment, oh. which was awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, is it is awesome. I, I, I wish they had showed uh, the... Uh the gore a little bit more it, it was it was just it was just kind of covered up because you know you got to hit your rating i guess probably uh, for <laughs> yeah, the probably. sensors but yeah. i was like 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 it's just like you know it's so crazy and it all built up to that and for it to be slightly obscured is like oh, come on slightly obscured like just give me that satisfaction it did blow his head up though <laughs> yeah, I know, I know exactly. Like, I know, but like, we just need like cl- a little more clear visual on that 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 removal of the uh, head. Um, That's awesome. But, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, let's go ahead and get into our awards because I some of the things you said are in my mm-hmm. awards, uh, especially my nice. I can't believe. Yeah, it, I'm actually. sure we'll get into some things here. So, uh, compelling character award. Who'd you have, Alex? Yeah, I've got actually Sumiko Oda, Oda, um, mm-hmm. who is the neighbor um, to. There you go. Uh, Shikashima. Yeah. Um, she's the one that when he shows up, she hates him, right? She says that if he had done his job and the other cowards like him, then they wouldn't be mm-hmm. in the situation. Her children mm-hmm. wouldn't be dead. All these, his parents wouldn't Terrible be things. dead, right? Yeah. Um, and that's all his fault. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, what I like about her character is the, the turnaround she has. And it, mm-hmm. it's clearly, 
she's she's grieving in the in those moments but i what's what pervades through this film is a sense of we of japan at least within the context of this film knowing that a lot of that didn't matter that, that it really didn't make a difference in in a way that would turn the tide of the war um because she very quickly forgives him i, mm-hmm. I think there's a realization there that it really didn't matter i think I think there's even a, real, a realization on Tachibana's part that that gun was not going to kill Godzilla. Mm. Um, I, I think there's an unspoken acknowledgement that the way Japan was approaching the war was not going to win it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, I really like some of these unspoken things that I feel like I'm picking up from the film, but Sumiko and her turnaround into like this loving caretaker who has a great relationship with um with them is really cool, you know. That she's raising mm-hmm. her third kid as she as she tells them. Um yeah. and I I just like her turnaround from this like very oh, yeah. feel like the bitter character that's going to be hounding him the whole movie pretty yeah. quickly turns around but in a way that <laughs> I find is completely believable. Yeah, oh I think so too. I think so too. Um my compelling character is Doc, which I forgot his real name, but you know who I mean. Oh, yeah. Everybody Doc. knows who you're talking about. <laughs> who, who knew he was such a big wig? Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, like, if you're watching this movie, you kind of know immediately that this guy's probably going to be a genius, right? He's going to turn out to be a genius. He's got that whole Einstein look, you know, yeah. another Oppenheimer reference. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know he's going to turn out to be some sort of mad genius, right? And then he does, of course. And he, not only is he a genius, but he is an inspiration, right? He can give a great speech. Yeah. <laughs> which really leads into my most memorable line award, Alex, which I don't have the exact line here, you know, but it says something like, in the past, we fought for our lives, but now we fight for our future or something along those lines. We fought with our lives, maybe, but now we fight for our future. Yeah, because that, that line follows my favorite line. Oh, really? Um, nice. And it, it's immediately after they're talking about how they used to throw their lot. I think I mentioned it earlier. Uh, it was like, uh, we used to not value life. Uh, yeah. You know, the kamikaze pilots. And they, they listed mm-hmm. all these things that yep. they did that just. No ejection people seats. Out to die. Tanks, yeah, no ejection tanks with seats. no armor. Yeah. Yes, right. exactly. And, and it was so just, I, I think it's a really say, a poignant moment. Yeah, I, I did too, Alex. And, and I thought that was a great moment in the film. It really is hi- highlighting kind of this theme. Um, I don't think this film is, uh, like, you can't say this film is not political because no. it definitely has something to say, right? Uh, but it is not, it's really pro people. It's not very pro government, no matter whose government you're talking about here, right? Right. Um, but it's, it's pro-people, and it's pro-people stepping up for the right reasons. Um, and, and that's what I like about it. It's not... Some people complained about Shin Godzilla, you know, Alex, which oh, we didn't yeah. necessarily get yes. this, but um, the whole nationalistic element. You, and, and some people were worried about this film. They're like, oh, man, this is going to lean into this sort of Japanese nationalism. or you, you, We don't get that here. 
that's not existent at all, right? Um, it's kind of opposite of that, really. Uh, it's it's very critical of the way that Japan and the U.S. kind of handled things in in, in World War II, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's fair, right? I I think you can criticize all sides uh, when you have any sort of war. So uh, I I think that is completely fair. Um, I thought it was a good way to handle it in this movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it shows some tact. And, and while you're right, it's inherently political in some ways. It, it feels more of a human um, yeah. than yeah, political. Exactly. But it, it, it is inherently political. But uh, yeah, inherently, very cool. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like by not making a major political point, it is making a political point. Right. You know? Yeah, uh, right. It's showing so, and, the and people gather point. together it's a human instead point. of the exactly. government. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, can't believe the acting award, Alex. What'd you have? Uh, I had mine. Mine's going to go to uh, Muntaka Aoki as Tachibana. Uh, this is going back into what you said. It's those moments with Tachibana when they are, it's, it's a really cool moment. Um, and it goes back to some of the other Godzilla movies we've seen, um, actually, in some ways. Uh, Godzilla 98, you have them celebrating the death of Godzilla. In this, um, Kochi kills uh, Godzilla, but they're celebrating that he's still alive. And like when he's celebrating that and like crying and stuff, it's just very. Uh, that is like a like a, a pretty like profound moment. Like that's all they care about. They're not calling in to ask how what happened to the monster, if it's still alive yeah. or not. They're relieved. That that oh, yeah. this guy that's really his enemy in a lot of ways, um, uh-huh. or his, his oh. antagonist, um, <laughs> he's celebrating his life, which is really poignant. Yes, absolutely. And you know who we have not mentioned yet, Alex. And so I just want to talk about this character for a quick second. We have the kid, which is great. He also comes and helps save he, the day. He is great. He is great. He's great. He's great. But also, um. Is this guy's name Yoji? I think it is. Let me, you know, the uh, yes, Yoji. He's awesome. Yeah, Yoji's awesome. <laughs> Yo, Yoji is so cool. I mean, that's another guy where he's like, if you make a key going orphan, I'll never forgive you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is another great line. And, and, and he's know? the one that delivers some of the comedy. Remember, he was saying that they he were does. going to uh, stand and fight, right? The delay, <laughs> and then as yeah, soon as yeah, they yeah. see he's like, all right, <laughs> yeah. we'll go. Yeah, he's like, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, he is, he's great because he's passionate too, right? Like, he's, oh man, he's, he's, he is that comic relief character. He's a character that you think is going to be expendable, is what you think. Um, mm-hmm. But what's great about this film is that he's not. As dark as this film is, and it is dark, it is. The fact that they survive. And like everybody survives. I can see some people again criticizing that ending, Alex. Like the very ending where we find out uh that Noriko survived. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Whenever you find out that she survives, I'm just like, ah, now this this that's coming full circle. Right? I, like, I think it's earned a hundred percent. I think it's earned. Um I to be honest, I did 
expect that. I could see why someone might expect it, but I did not expect so it. So when it, I didn't, I didn't expect it, but I was wondering when it happened, like when the the incident happens, right? Yeah. I'm like, well, this wasn't like atom bomb type of thing where mm-hmm. she's vaporized, um, and you know, like you know she's gone. Right. I'm like, right. there's a real possibility with the severe limitations of communication here that. Mm-hmm she could still be alive i kept thinking that but then as the movie went on i was like yeah uh, right oh well yeah it's not happening <laughs> yeah you're like oh my gosh it's just dark and you're like oh my gosh it went there you know yeah like, and whew. so i just kept waiting for it to the, to happen once i once i had given it up that's when it <laughs> the thing i thought would yeah, happen yeah, yeah. but what's really cool and what i feel like justifies um that element coming back in particular is that it's tinged with a little bit of darkness on the side, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. It's not perfect. There is some another problem coming um, within oh, here's her. Here's another problem. Right? She yeah. didn't get away um, uh, scot-free, right? She No. Nope. She's just like anyone that was affected by, like, atom bombs and, and didn't get killed. I mean, there, she's just like a, Koichi. Right. It's right? lingering radiation. In a way, she's gonna yeah, and she's gonna have lingering effects, just like Noichi uh, had lingering. Koichi had lingering effects, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just the reality of this trauma that they've been through. So, um, oh, that's a good shot, Alex. What did you have? Well, did you did you give your award to Noriko, or did we just run I, off? I with did it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did it yet. I can't believe the acting award does go to Manami Hamabe as Noriko. Um, I did not expect that she would survive at the end. But mm-hmm. before then, even, uh, I was just really impressed by her performance. Mm-hmm. There's that scene where um, uh, Koichi walks in on her and she's dressed for work. Oh, yeah. And she's smiling, right? But underneath that smile, you can tell that there's a whole, there's like a lot of pain there, right? Um because of kind of what had happened, they had the little dinner party the night before, mm-hmm. and it had been revealed that just things had kind of come to the surface, that things that she already knew, but that he kind of probably didn't speak out loud because he had never really been vulnerable with her, you know, um, just that he was able to move on and accept her as someone that that he could fully embrace. And so she decides she's going to have to, like, you know, eventually live by for herself by herself yeah um but you can tell that there's pain she she has that smile on her face but you can tell that there's pain underneath um and her performance really when you think about characters that are transformed she's another one of those characters who from the first scene that we see her until the last is a completely different character but that transformation makes sense yeah she's a just a wonderful character in the movie and she and she's part of the reason those the stakes and the dread um, feel oh, yeah. so high because of her yeah. performances and then what happens uh, to her. For sure. For sure. Um, all right. Oh, that's a good shot. All right. So there's a, there's a million uh, good. There's, there's, yeah, there's a ton of good shots in here. Um, but I wanted to give it to one that I thought was really interesting. Uh, and I think it's even one that was from the trailer, but it's that shot of, all Godzilla's first landfall um, in mm. to- well, it wasn't Tokyo, but it was first landfall in Japan. 
and all of you see all those trains and cars just flying down the street and everyone's looking and then you see them the the big foot come down uh or the the leg come out from behind the building it's really i just love seeing all those big vehicles being thrown around like toys and that this godzilla does that a few times or yeah. he's just chucking things so i thought that was a nice little ominous like the you know that this is kind of unbelievable uh moment yeah no that was great um i'm gonna go with that uh freeze frame moment right before uh godzilla shoots its atomic breath at the final ship and things mm. start to slow down and the the plane comes in i just love that freeze freeze frame moment um it's just kind of the culmination of everything that was happening the tension is so high and it is just a perfect shot for that moment so mm. i've got to go with that yeah that was, right, that was good. i love how quiet that whole moment oh is. yeah oh yeah you, well you just had the you just had the triumphant you know uh people versus godzilla theme you know yes <laughs> uh i can't remember what that's called but uh i love that that music and it's so loud and um really almost inspiring right to an extent and then it just drops right. silently um and you get that moment really cool which leads us to our most jaw-dropping moment award which is our unique award we both had the same one the same award <laughs> maybe different moments i'll tell you mine though alex okay and it was the moment that i was like oh my gosh this is this is gonna be something cool it was the Oda Island attack. Oh, it's such uh, a surprise. Oh my gosh. It just it happens, you know? And it's not the Godzilla that again, I didn't see that Godzilla in the trailer, right? Godzilla Saurus, maybe, you know, uh, even uh the reference Godzilla versus King Ghidorah again, <laughs> because it's a smaller version, you know, it's just a smaller, um hair just as terrifying version of uh our title monster. And the way that he does not eat the, its victims, but just grabs its victims and throws them, mm -hmm. crushes them and throws them, is just absolutely brutal. Like, that thing is just out to destroy. That's it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Uh, it's out to destroy uh, anything that would provoke it in any way, shape, or form. It's going to destroy um and, and that's what it does it's an intense moment everybody's left for dead um that was i was just like oh my gosh this is gonna be good <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> what uh, about you yeah i mean i feel like the, the obvious one is the big atomic breath in japan right where we get the enormous cloud and all that but i'm actually going to go with the first time we see its rege uh his re regeneration mm. you get the the front half of his face half of his face blown off right and we're like oh <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like, like that stopped him i don't know how they come back from that very quickly and it is way faster than i would have ever imagined um how he comes back from that i thought the scene was going to end there and they're going to go off and he was going to go run off and heal and instead, he just immediately goes back into the battle, and it accelerates to a level that I did not expect it to, <laughs> with the other ship arriving and all that. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. All right, man. Uh, let's get into our final thoughts in tiered rating. Do you want to start? 
Yeah. Um, this is definitely one of the best Godzilla movies. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I am close to prepared to say that it's the best. Um, I haven't settled on it just yet. I still think really highly of Shin Godzilla, and I still think really highly uh, I mean, really, I think Shin Godzilla is really the one that this competes with for me. Mm. Those two are my the ones that I hold in the highest esteem. I, I do love 54, but I think it misses a lot of some of its character moments. Mm. Um, this thing just hits everything pretty much perfectly. Yes, there is a one, I would say, melodramatic scene that goes on too long. I agree with you there, Eric. Um, and I think the CG overall looks remarkably impressive. Um, but sometimes it does falter just, just a hair. Um, but overall, this is just, this is the one that you show to people that want to understand why you love Godzilla. Like this is the one you show to the cinephiles. This is the one you show to your friends. Grandma. Yeah, this is the grandma. If grandma wants to remember World War II all over again, this is the one you show her. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um but uh but, but seriously, like this this is the this is the film that brings a lot more people into Godzilla that would never have given it a chance. Yeah. I'm with you there, man. This is that film. This is the film where um, if you're wanting to get somebody into Godzilla, you show them this. It's much more accessible than Shin Godzilla. Um, 100%. Where Shin Godzilla, actually, yeah, I wouldn't say you have to be a Godzilla fan to enjoy that movie, um, but it's just a little bit, it's just a little bit different, right? Mm -hmm. um, this film is much more conventional, um, and so it doesn't take as many risks, I would say, as something like Shin Godzilla, but it builds upon everything that's made Godzilla great and adds that personal element like we've never seen before. We've never had a film this personal. Does it destroy Godzilla 2014? Yes. Does it destroy <laughs> any MonsterVerse film? Yes. Yes. You can, you can give, give us another one-star rating if you want. Right? Mm -hmm. I agree. <laughs> this film, it destroys all, it destroys all of those films. I don't know. I, I don't want to put it at the top of my list yet um, because I just saw it. But um, and so I don't want my, my recency bias <laughs> to overshadow what has come before. Um, but uh, I'll reflect on it. It's definitely, definitely top five, probably top three and could even sneak up there uh, even higher with a repeated viewing. Mm. So, yeah, this is a uh, Godzilla. Yeah. Tear film. Definitely Godzilla tear. Definitely Godzilla tear. Yeah. Do you want to hear what uh, Chat GPT has to say about our conversation 100, synopsis? 100%. <laughs> Godzilla minus one doesn't reinvent the franchise, but masterfully perfects its elements, offering an ascendant experience that builds upon Godzilla's legacy while reinvigorating it for the present. The film impressively weaves together characters, themes, and tropes from Godzilla's past, delivering a layered human story that is emotionally resonant. Every character has a purpose. And the slow character build pays off, creating a narrative that explores the human condition and the specter of failure embodied by Godzilla. 
The intense design of Godzilla with his anthropomorphic and vengeful presence adds to the film's terror. While some CGI moments might be nitpicked, the overall execution, climax, and, climax and emotion make Godzilla Minus One a standout addition to the franchise. 4.5 out of 5 stars. Wow. <laughs> it's so good at it. This time. Like, th- yeah, that one yeah. was like a really spot on analysis. It was. Only, my only correction is I think for me, mm, I think I would probably give it five. Even with yeah. my even with yeah. my minor nitpicks, I would give it five out of five stars. I put four and a half on Letterboxd, but uh I need a I need a repeat viewing. That yeah. is for sure. Uh next time, Alex. So just to kind of tell audiences, um uh or audience, maybe it's just singular at this point. <laughs> <laughs> To tell my dad and my brother uh, <laughs> what's coming up soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, next week, we are reviewing uh, Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, the first couple episodes of, of the show. We're going to do that in two parts. We're going to do an initial kind of impressions review, and then we'll follow that back up with a review here in, in about a month. As the show finishes, we'll finish it up with a full review. That's coming up. And then, of course, we'll have a Monsters vs. Man conversation, more than likely, here in December. Mm-hmm. And then we will also have our Christmas special. Mm. Uh, our annual Christmas special, which we, we have to decide on the movie this year, Alex. Yes. I, when we get off of this, I'm, we are going to brainstorm some ideas. I can't wait to do Jingle All the Way. We've already done Jingle All the Way. <laughs> what? what? Wait, yes. I don't know what you're talking about. We did about. Jingle All the oh, Way. Okay. All right. All right. You just want to do Jingle All the Way again. Yes. <laughs> I do. As always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Ben. You can find the archive of past episodes and connect with us at our website, nvmpod.com, or follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at nvm underscore pod. Become a bargain base mine at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and receive regular bonus content. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, Christopher Clavero, John Freeman. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3 with Form Cell Block B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, Instagram Connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't be the one that gives Godzilla minus one a bad review. <laughs> And try to to stay stay alive. It actually got its first bad review, Eric. Mm. They said the characters Mm. were boring. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh.